0: Hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, uh, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier. And then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Uh, Today's guest is my dear friend, Olivia Collect. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Uh, She's just such a delight. And it was so, so lovely to have her here today. Um, If you want to go support her work, you can uh, check out her show, Someone's Gotta Go, at Comedy Bar, the last Wednesday of every month. Uh, You can also go see... Her other show that she runs, she's a busy lady, okay? She's busy. Uh, She also runs a show called Banged Up Comedy that happens at uh, Tall Boys every other Tuesday. I got there on my own. Um, (laughs) She is just such a delight. Uh, Her assignment was around accomplishing goals, uh, sort of like reframing your to-do list in your head. This assignment was something that uh, I do myself uh, and that i have found to be personally very helpful uh so uh, she thankfully found it to be the same so we had a very good conversation about it um if you want to support this podcast in general you can uh do all the things that podcasts like you to do like rating and subscribing and reviewing and uh and telling your friends um uh loudly proclaiming on the streetcar Oh, what a podcast I am listening to uh, while well, you have your headphones in. Um, whatever, whatever it is that you do to get people's attentions about podcasts, go do that thing. Um, and uh, yeah, please enjoy this conversation with my dear friend Olivia. Olivia Colick. Thank you for being here. Oh my God, it started. It started. Here we go. We're just jumping in. Love it. Uh, We start with an honest, how are
1: you? So how are you for real? Oh, you know, I could be worse. I'm coming off of work, which is always kind of... (sighs) dreadful I'm sure you've worked a brunch style Mm -hmm. shift before Mm -hmm. so usually I'm quite enraged uh in the throes of brunch but (laughs) I knew I was coming here after and they knew I had to come here after so I said sorry like no matter what happens today I need to leave at two bye so that was my light at the end of the tunnel so I actually feel pretty good good yeah good
0: yeah not as you?
1: enraged as you usually are when you oh finish Oh my up. God, no, it's it's much less. A <laughs> lower level of rage? Y- yeah. <laughs> That's all I want for you. Like the fact that I'm <laughs> even smiling right now is good. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to brunch, it's just, um, I don't think anything makes me less empathetic towards uh, other human beings. Like I'm so appalled at how petty I get. Like if someone does the slightest Thing, I'm like, they're dead to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, if they
1: don't want to sit at the table that we initially assigned mm-hmm. them, I'm like, I know everything I need to know about you, and I hate you, and there's no coming back from it. (laughs) And I know it's unreasonable. I also just like inherently um, despise them for coming to the restaurant at all. Um, (laughs) I'm appalled that they would do such a thing. I don't want their business, but I really want their money. Mm -hmm. It's such a conundrum. I feel like uh, servers are specifically...
0: (laughs) most cranky oh, no. working brunt shifts. A hundred percent.
1: It's for some reason so much worse. It It is, and I will tell you why. One, uh, oh, I love just getting into the nitty-gritty of restaurant talk. Uh, <laughs> one, it's because people are so fucking impatient. Mm-hmm. Freaking impatient. You and can uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm don't like, know what's the vibe? Uh, people are very impatient, and The secondary thing is there's a million extras, cream, milk, ketchup, honey, like all these other things that require Mm -hmm. me coming to your table more than I even want to at all. And so many like (laughs) uh, specific ways that you want things done. Totally. Yeah. More than any other meal of the day. So anyway, that's my server rant (laughs) for the day. Uh, How are you?
0: I'm good I'm coming off of having a cold so yeah I've got this like annoying cough and I'm like sort of mildly losing my voice on and off so if I have to just stop talking and cause of water for a moment you know why um but other than that I'm great like life is good so great life is really good and like inside world is like really good inside world mentally yeah emotionally. My, like inner life is good oh or yeah. biologically <laughs> um, <laughs> no my body's a mess okay okay as usual right but uh yeah my like inner life and stuff is
1: is good I feel good that's so great yeah I feel like people rarely feel that way
0: I know I've been getting that response from people a lot yeah uh, <laughs>
1: it is true
0: Unfortunately. (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I've been kind of like, uh, it's the end of the year. I'm sort of like reflecting on things and the place that I'm at. And it's definitely like I can legitimately say that this is the happiest that I have ever been. Wow. Oh, that's like
1: quite monumental of a statement.
0: Yeah. And I like, I don't mean like today specifically.
1: Right. In this phase.
0: But Yeah that like currently in this like place that I'm at in my life right now I can legitimately say this is like the most content and happy that I have ever been I love that
1: yeah me too I (laughs) haven't I hadn't actively (laughs) thought that for myself but I think that might be the case for me too it's great like I don't actively feel so so happy but I think I've spent so much time being so, so unhappy that this is a massive improvement. Yes. Yes. You know, it's absolutely. Like cr- crawling towards that more regular, steady happiness. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's how it goes is like, yeah, you have that little like that middle phase, which is probably where you're at right now, where things are just kind of like evening out. Yeah. Neutral. And things are neutral and like uh, things are peaceful more peaceful than totally. like the total chaos of what came before
1: yeah right yeah and, for then, sure.
0: and then like yeah that moves into just things going up and up and up i hope so
1: are you a big uh resolutions person
0: um uh, sort of i like uh I, I don't know i make weird resolutions such as um like my resolution for this year is to uh feel less shame. Okay. <laughs> like I don't make resolutions like, I'm going to go to the gym at least like three times oh, a week. And it's stuff. Pointless. <laughs> like, I'm like, hmm, feel less shame. Yeah, let's focus on shame for the next year. <laughs> like,
1: um. like as it pertains <laughs> to what?
0: <laughs> like anything. Okay. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I've been reflecting on shame lately and thinking like, what are the ways that I like invite shame or that I'm like chasing it in some way? Like, Um, now that I'm kind of in this sort of like stable place where like I feel good and like I foundationally feel like very content and, and good. Um, I do still have, of course, like ways that I get in my own way and ways that I'm like self-sabotaging and like not doing the best that I could be doing. And, uh, so I've been looking closer at those now that we've got like most of the big pieces in place, right? Like, let's start looking at the details. Like little day-to-day things that I could be doing better. And I've sort of put together like, oh, I like, there's all of these things that maybe I don't do or don't do enough or don't do well. And then I feel shameful about it. And then I kind of connected. I was like, oh my God, am I like, like into that? Am I like chasing shame? Oh, that's interesting. Am I like so used to feeling miserable and beating myself up from like the past that now that I'm like good and stable and happy, I'm like keeping these bad habits around as like reasons to feel bad about myself. Oh, like it's more comfortable
1: mm -hmm, to feel that way. Because it's
0: familiar. So uh, I've been focusing on that. So that's going to be my goal for the for the year is focus on things that that I do that make myself feel shame and then uh, unpack those and figure them out.
1: Yeah, I do think that's hard, uh, at least for myself. I think oftentimes you're not even conscious to that shame Mm -hmm. feeling like you have to be mindful to recognize like oh this emotion I'm having about this thing that is shame but you I don't think personally I won't like actively attribute that to certain like uh, huge emotions that I'm having but yeah that's hard I definitely feel a lot of shame right yeah yeah yeah, I know. It's weird to even, like, say out loud.
0: Like, shame is such a, like, a heavy... It's very
1: shameful right? to feel shame. <laughs> it's very shame. shameful to feel shame. <laughs>
0: it's true. <laughs> it's, like, such a heavy feeling.
1: Yeah, because it's kind of, like, eek. Like, yeah, it's, it's heebie-jeebies mm-hmm. style, yeah. Yeah,
0: but a uh, year before last, I think, my resolution was about failure, <laughs>
1: So, Just don't fail.
0: No, it was the opposite. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> God, a, I, I wish I wanted yeah, to achieve that. I
0: made the resolution to give myself
1: more opportunities for failure. OK, like not put as much pressure
0: not put as much pressure, not play it safe as much, like take more risks, try more things that I might be bad at. Yeah, um, you know, because I think I'd spent so much time being afraid of trying New things and taking risks because what if I'm bad at it and what if I fail? Yeah. And then I was like, well, you got to get over that. And the only way to get over that is to fail more. Yeah. So let's give yourself like a lot of opportunities to fail at little things, not like big things where it's going to change my life if I fail, but like I did things like I took a hip hop dance class I when I've like never danced before. I have always you wanted know? <laughs> to do that. <laughs> like, I was terrible at it, but it was like, but I did it and I, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, this is good. Like once a week I go and I fail at dancing. And then uh, by the end of the class, I feel less bad about failing at dancing.
1: Okay. I definitely want to talk about that yeah because (laughs) that's been on the back of my mind for a long time
0: yeah so i did a bunch of things like that i like uh that's when the year that i took improv classes and and stuff because i was like that's perfect for practicing failure because you're doing it like over and over and over again Yeah, every time you get up it's an opportunity for something to go wrong or not the way that you want it and and stuff so uh yeah, I did a year of practicing failing at things and then now I'm practicing um not inviting shame.
1: Those are great this year. That's way better than go to the gym.
0: But the thing is, it's like New Year's resolutions. It's like something that comes up in small talk a lot around this time of year. It is. Right. Yeah. And like my resolutions are never small talk. <laughs> like, like some <laughs> customer at work or something. It's going to be like, oh, you got do new, new Year's resolutions, And I'll be like, yeah, I'm really focusing on shame this year. And how much like shame I feel. Yeah, time. that could
1: be like, a conversation killer. Yeah, for like sure. it's not, people
0: don't like it. Even like that year that I did the failure one. I had to stop, I had to reframe it and stop telling people that because it was bumming people out. I was like, yeah, give myself more opportunities to fail at things, you know, get less afraid of failure by like practicing failing at small things. And so people were like not comfortable uh, with that. So I had to rephrase it to like, oh, my resolution is to try more things that I might be bad at. And then people were, it seemed
1: to be more palatable. Well, for saying it to guests at work actually might invite more pity tips that right might boost your tip average right <laughs> so I recommend it you know it's, as you said like I tried to fail more mm-hmm. I was like oh, I can't relate I fail all the time and then I took a second I'm like oh no I don't because I don't ever try anything so See, that was my thing that's interesting to actively feel like you're constantly failing but but really, you're actually you're not, not trying to do anything yeah. at all
0: because uh, that's the thing is like uh you you feel like you're failing but really what you're doing is you're hiding from failure yes by entirely avoiding things yeah right and uh, like avoiding
1: taking risks that's so, my like, mo for sure we've
0: th- talked about yeah that before. like that that can look like a lot of things like with stand-up it for me sometimes it'll be like i will be too afraid to try new material yeah for a chunk of time because i'm going through a phase where i'm really afraid to fail and not do well totally so i don't uh take any risks or like make any big swings yeah. or um yeah it like i don't know there's more life examples and stuff like that too right like you, you got to put yourself out there um in order to fail and so if you're afraid of failure then you stop putting yourself out there
1: yeah, well, I relate to that with that script writing class that we both took, mm-hmm. T- tackling, like starting that and putting finger to, to typewriter, uh, yes. to keyboard. Uh, <laughs> Olivia still writes a I, I typewriter. So, I love a typewriter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just doing that was like, uh, I felt so much pressure to put words down because i was like unless this is perfect and award-winning it's garbage and i'm a failure I which know. is insane it is insane i've and never even written a script before
0: yeah so why would you <laughs> expect yourself to write like it's nuts. the next big thing and yeah. for it to be perfect right away when yeah. even the good scripts are not written like that i know right like every script is garbage the mostly garbage the first time the first draft, right
1: yeah and
0: uh yeah i had to get over that when i was doing that class where like i had to like actively tell myself like almost like a mantra of like it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be done it's so i even gave myself um so the the class that we took was this like uh pilot writing class at second city uh so it's like a seven week course and you uh through the course of the uh program you come up with a concept for a a pilot for a television show. And then you have like a first draft of a script by the end of it. And uh, yeah, for me, it was like, I had to actually tell myself, don't make it funny. Oh, that's what I told myself (laughs) when I was writing it. I was like, don't make it funny because it it was a comedy to be clear. I was writing a comedy Mm -hmm. and I told myself, don't make it funny because if I had told myself to make it funny, then I never would have felt that it was good enough. And I would have picked it apart and it would have slowed me down trying to make it good and make it funny. So once I removed that, once I was like, "Okay, this draft won't be funny. Don't make it funny yet. And then you can go in later and make it funny. Just get the story down. And then once I removed that piece
1: of pressure of the make it funny, it was so much easier. That is a thousand percent the stumbling block that I'm on is that. I'm 10 out of 30 to 35 pages in, and I have put so much pressure on making every single page really strong, joke wise. And that has been my tunnel vision. No, take it out. Take it. it out. And my partner, Joel, who writes from the beginning, has said, forget about that. Just write. Don't stop, but I'm, like, self-editing the whole way through, mm-hmm. and it is bogging me down so much. No, you so cannot much. do it that
0: way. It will not It come. drives
1: me nuts that that is how it needs to be done, though. Like, I cannot get over that. Because it's
0: so unnatural, right? Yes. I know. And I felt the exact same thing. It's but so frustrating. It will help so much to take the pressure off Uh, to tell yourself, don't make it funny. Like, even if you have to make it, like, if it's hard for you to... To frame it in your mind of like, like, okay, don't worry about making it funny. Like, just get it down. The don't worry about making it funny is still like, but I am going to think about making it funny, though. It's too flippant. Um, Right? So what I had to do was give myself the rule of do not make it funny. Not just don't worry about making it funny. Don't make it funny.
1: Okay. And then you just, there was a switch flipped and you... Yeah, it's way easier. Wow. Okay.
0: And there are still moments in it that are funny, just that came naturally. But like for that first draft of writing it, I was like, don't make it funny. Because if I I know that if I put that pressure on myself, I'm never gonna finish it. That's and then, where I'm at. Who cares if I have a like twenty five percent of a script that's very funny. That does way less good for me hint, hint. than having yeah. <laughs> a first draft completed. That's not that funny. It's so much better to have it done, yeah. right? And I was like, I know the the sense of accomplishment that I'm gonna feel from having finished a thing that I've never done before is gonna be so satisfying and so much more satisfying than having made this page really funny. Right. Right. So uh,
1: yeah, that would be my my advice. I'm trying. There's like a saying that's like. Finished is better than. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's like very, like motivational. Like it sounds like something that. I basically, it's like get your fucking shit done instead of try to do it so well that you don't finish. Yes, and that from childhood has been a huge problem for me. We are very
0: similar in this way. <laughs> yeah, very perfectionist. Similar. Yes,
1: like I would rather flunk and get a zero on something mm-hmm. then half like ugh. i remember in grade 12 i took
0: uh writer's craft right oh so my like god same creative yeah, writing class yes. you've got assignments and deadlines and stuff like that and just in general like it's i don't know it's a a, a hard thing uh, about trying to be an artist in any kind of professional sense it's like making art on a deadline is it's really difficult because that's not the process that's not how it comes like you don't just like sit down and okay do art now (laughs) you know (laughs) make funny now not Um, for me at least like at least for me yeah Yeah. like it does not work that way and it does not come like that so when I was taking that writer's craft class in grade 12 it was like I had to write poetry and stuff on a deadline and like hand it in and have it graded Right. And like the pre- the overwhelming pressure of that. And uh, I would just like at least for the first half of the semester, uh, like I would complete an assignment, but it wouldn't be to my standard. So I wouldn't hand it in.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: And uh, that happened a couple times. And I was like, why are you doing that? You finished it. Yeah. Like th- whatever grade you would have gotten on it is better than a zero. But like I couldn't get my mind around letting somebody else see it if it wasn't perfect and something I was very proud of. Yeah.
1: But yeah, such a self-sabotage. The worst move. Yeah.
0: Um, so that year that I had though, of failing at things on purpose, like putting myself out there and telling myself like the goal is almost to fail. Right. Um, was very helpful and like really therapeutic.
1: Well, maybe I'll yoink that one and Try use it, that yeah. for mine this year. Yeah,
0: Because also, like, if you're a perfectionist person, it'll give you the kind of mindset to allow yourself permission to fail at things um, because you have, a, like, a statement, right? Of, like, oh, this year I decided to allow myself to fail more. Right. So that gives me permission to fail here in this particular instance. Um, kind of like I find... Uh, people often have that reaction to like having been given assignments on this podcast, right? Where it's like, okay, I have like per like I have a reason to do it, and so I'm gonna allow myself to do this thing. Yeah. Um. I guess we should get into your assignment. Yeah. Yeah. So the category that you picked was accomplishing goals. Yeah. Um. So I made you make a list of five uh things that you needed to do, mm-hmm. and I had you phrase them all as I need to blank. I need to blank. Um, And then I had you rewrite the same list with the same items, but saying, I want to blank instead. What'd you think?
1: So basically I came out of that conversation with you being like, this woman is a genius. (laughs) The profound... I was explaining this to Joel last night because I explained to him my assignment Mm -hmm. and he's like, I don't I don't get it, though. And I said, if I am correct, let me know. My interpretation was that it just forced me to recognize that I don't need to do any of those things. At all Uh, for the listeners. uh, My things were like, do my Christmas shopping, finish the aforementioned script, uh, write a new seven minutes, etc. I absolutely do not need to do any of those things. There are things that I would like to do, want to do. Yeah. And the only reason I need to do them is because I'm not doing them. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to recognize. Like Joel was floored. He was like, "That is so profound." Like and it just hit both of us. It's um that is such a great way to approach everything, and I absolutely don't do that. And then I am constantly riddled with anxiety because I feel like I have this, like, weight on me of this, like, ever-growing to-do list. Mm-hmm. To-do list. And I don't do any of the things. But it's like, I could live happily without stress if I didn't want to achieve any of those things. Mm-hmm. But, it- <laughs> And
0: yeah, exactly. You get you get bogged down by your like ever growing to do list, even if it's like only uh, regular like household things and stuff like I need to do my laundry, I need need to do the dishes and stuff like that. If you reframe it for yourself as no, I want to do my laundry, I want to do the dishes. um, It reframes it for you in a positive instead of already putting yourself in a place of having failed before you've even done a thing absolutely right because by telling yourself like i don't know if we use one of those household examples like i need to do the laundry what you're really saying to yourself is i have failed by not having already done the laundry yeah right well whereas i want to do the laundry is like i want to take care of my environment i want to do a nice thing for myself and set myself up to have not like, smell. Not smell. Have a clean environment. <laughs> yeah. um, be able to wear my favorite clothes that have been in the laundry bin for a couple of days. Like, like you are doing nice things for yourself by completing totally. these things. Instead of, sh- uh, like, to get, bring it back to shame. Like, instead of shaming yourself for the th- all of the things that you're not doing, that you're supposed to do, and everything would just be better if I could just get myself to do all of these things that I need to do. And it becomes so overwhelming, and you get buried under the pile that you... Uh, I know for me get like paralyzed to the point that you can't do any of oh, the things same. because you can't look at one item at a time. You picture the whole list of things that need to get done. Yeah. And the idea of doing all of them is so crushing that it makes you completely unable to do anything. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh, framing it as I want makes you kind of focus in on each item more specifically, as an individual thing?
1: Well, yeah, I found like, especially when it came to ones that were more like overarching about life, mm-hmm. like, I want to write a new seven minutes for stand up. I, it's like when you don't approach it that way, it turns everything. Into something that's dreadful. Yeah, like, it turns everything into a it, chore. It feels like stand up is a chore that someone has thrust upon me where every <laughs> week I'm like, Ugh, yeah, <laughs> I need to be doing more stand up shows. And that's actually how I say it. I'm like, and I stress and I approach it the same way I approach like my serving job where I'm like, Ugh, I need to be doing this. And it's like, you're psychotic. You don't need to be doing it you want to do stand up you like to do stand up but you're not doing the work that you would like to be doing allegedly mm-hmm. um and it's even the same thing with like the serving job it's like yes i don't really enjoy that type of work like it doesn't really fulfill me but i go there with this sense of like this has been put upon me I already don't want to be there. I'm so angry. Like needing to do anything makes me not want to do it. Mm -hmm. Like needing to meet my friend for a nice night out makes me not want to go Mm -hmm. because it feels like it's being forced upon you. But when you feel like you have the liberty to do something, whatever that thing is, feels so much more joyful. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and exactly I'm saying it like I'm explaining it to you but you are the you are the I think the Star Wars people would say Yoda <laughs> up here <laughs> in this dynamic um I yeah it's really like it's a glass shattering moment where it hits you like a ton of bricks like oh my god that is how I need to be approaching everything yeah and I can't like I can't take
0: credit for inventing this. I feel like you did invent. No, I did not. <laughs> um this is something that I read once of like take your here's a tip like take your to-do list um and change it the I need to to I want to and I was like oh my god. Like, my know. mind was completely
1: blown. Yeah. It changed everything. It's, um, I find it a little bit comparable to like a piece of advice that my aunt's, aunt once gave me that I have always kind of held with me is like, don't like always make sure you're in a position where you don't have to be working your shitty job. You don't have to be living in a shit apartment because you don't have money. Like, it's that thing of having the liberty. Like, I choose to go to work and work x amount of shifts a week or whatever it may mm-hmm. be um but it i'm not like needing to do it out of like survival and like desperation um it just takes so much of the anxiety out of things um yeah, it's definitely been. I don't, is the word paradigm shift correct?
0: I yeah, don't, if that's know. Correct for you, I don't yeah. really
1: use that word. Often. No, you're using it
0: correctly thank in you a so grammatical might. sense. You're okay, welcome. Thank
1: God. I should have just taken a risk and not asked. Is this word okay? Um, yeah, it's so great. But I worry already preemptively that this um, paradigm shift will be fleeting. Because it's so hard to actively maintain these revelations on a day-to-day basis. Agreed. (laughs) Like, it's so difficult. Yeah, totally. You have, like, a day where you're like, all of a sudden I'm seeing life so clearly. I understand what is important in life. Uh, I have an entirely different outlook. Great, great, great friends, family, health. That's what matters. Mm. Uh, Very next day, I'm like, fuck fucking customers at work (laughs) all the bus all the TTC like everything getting bogged down like they got my order wrong like it's um that is truly the devastating thing about being a human of course well that's the
0: that's the cycle yeah right and like uh, of course when you have some kind of like epiphany like this or some sort of thing where you're like oh if I just do things this way this But, like, if we use your assignment as an example, like, if I just look at everything as things that I want to do instead of things that I need to do, everything will be different. Like, um, the thing is, is you've only been doing that for a week. Yeah. And you've been doing it the other way for your whole life.
1: Almost 30
0: years. Right? Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be most natural for you to just shift back into old habits. right? But uh, the key is that now you have this, you have this tool And you'll remember it occasionally. And that's still better than not having it at all. Yeah. So even if you don't go back to this uh, intentionally and specifically uh, all of the time, if it comes back to you every once in a while and helps you push forward,
1: then it was useful. It definitely has been useful. And uh, for that, sure.
0: that's kind of the thing is like uh, with the, any of this kind of stuff, like what you were describing of that cycle of sort of like you have an epiphany, you have a revelation, you get to a point where you realize all of these things about your life and what's actually important and you reassess your priorities. And then the next day uh, you go back to your small self, right, of like, like that, oh petty or like victim or. Uh, Things like that. That's just going to keep happening in a cycle, right? Um, The goal is to get those periods where you're in your small self to be shorter and farther apart. Right.
1: It is that thing of, like, sticking to what you know and sticking to a state that you're comfortable in.
0: People like the familiar. That's why I'm still doing things. Possibly, I haven't totally figured it out, but possibly on purpose to make myself feel shame. Right. Uh, (laughs) Because uh we like what's familiar yeah and there's comfort in it right like this is something that like people who experience depression will tell you is like there's something after you've like been dealing with depression for a long time there's something about it that is almost comforting like there's like
1: for me i think what that is is like i really dread to Reference, uh, Sex and the City, but <laughs> in the movie Sex and the City, can uh, we get
0: through one episode the, oh, without everybody God, referencing Sex in the City? Reference
1: Sex in the City, <laughs> uh, but there is a scene with Charlotte, my least favorite, um, wherein her life is perfect uh, essentially, and she's so racked with anxiety and stress. Because her reasoning is, everything's too perfect. It can't possibly last. And I was like, that is the dumbest fucking thing. I hate this character. (laughs) She is the worst. Also, they just couldn't think of anything to do with her. So they're like, I don't know. Her life's perfect. Make it that she's stressed about that. Um, (laughs) But honestly, as someone who is now sober, Mm -hmm. and that has added like a tremendous level of stability and like calm and that neutral kind of vibe into my life Mm -hmm. I can't I'm not gonna say she's right but it does resonate with me more now in the sense that I do find myself kind of falling into that feeling of like oh I'm sort of unsettled by the fact that things feel calm, like yeah. my relationship is stable, my job is stable, my living situation is stable, like this is very unfamiliar to me. Normally everything's awry and like I'm gonna get fired from my job, my boyfriend definitely hates me, like everything's a mess. And so you do get more scared that it's all gonna go away. Yeah, you get um, almost like fearful of getting attached to totally. it as well yeah there's
0: a, a like a fear of oh I better not let myself get used to this this it'll calm, be so this much
1: harder peace to... this
0: happiness yeah it'll be so much harder to deal with the chaos when that comes back if I'm a, if I got attached to having the peace and the happiness yeah
1: because when you're in the shit you're like well things can hardly get much worse yeah uh, when really like the way that you make the peace and the happiness last
0: is by getting attached to it yeah because then that forces you to maintain it
1: I know. Which is completely within your own control. (laughs) I know. It's the self-sabotage that starts coming out when you're like, this can't possibly be real. I'm going to start doing things to tamper with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely uh, can relate to that when it came to, like, this relationship that I'm currently in. Like, I was like, this has never been my experience with any boyfriend. I don't believe that this is real. Um, So I'm going to poke at this and peck away and see how far I can push this um, because inevitably I'll prove myself right. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Whereas if you just let yourself be like, oh, I'm going to let myself get attached to this, like this good place. Yeah. Then you wouldn't do the pecking away at it. And that's a trust
1: thing it is a trust thing yeah i think
0: like i was talking to a, a friend about this recently of uh i think for me at least there's also an element of when things are really good peaceful calm and stuff like i've had periods of of peace so rarely in my life um up until like the last two years even that when i'm feeling peace and and calm and happiness and stuff there's a part of me that's like uh feels like Something is about to go wrong same. because the only time I've felt peace, calm, happiness has been right before something else terrible happens. Yeah, so it's almost like um, the feeling of peace and happiness is uh, the same as anticipation for a
1: terrible disaster. Yeah, it's like a signal of imminent doom.
0: Because if the cycle was that, like terrible thing happens, recovery process from that terrible thing. Um, brief period of peace another terrible thing happens then you uh, just associate what comes next it's almost like if you listen to uh, the same album over and over and over again when you hear the end of one song when it's playing out in the world your brain kind of goes to the song that's next on that album right automatically it's like that right so like you're listening to this like piece calm happiness song, you know, in in your life and your brain automatically goes to start playing you the chaos song because that's what happens next. Yeah. As far as your brain knows. So it's just like um repetition and practice of let like playing the songs in a different order, you know. Well, <laughs> of like letting your brain recognize that like that song doesn't necessarily come next. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you're kind of just like going on autopilot mm-hmm. instead of like having a mindfulness of like the moment itself and i feel like too when things are going really badly even if you're not actively doing anything to try to improve your situation which if you were me um you absolutely were not (laughs) at least you held on to a glimmer of hope that things can only get better and so you're like, mm. you know, things could go up from here. That's such a good point. Whereas like when things are really good, you don't feel like they could possibly get better. You're like, this could is only just bound worse. to get worse.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> I did invent
0: that. <laughs> yeah, good job. I invented that thought. <clears throat> yeah, that's such a good point of the like, not if this is the, ha- for example, like if this is the happiest you've ever been, then... You can't conceive of a reality where things continue and you're like, to get that's better. That's unlikely. Yeah, so you can only conceive of them going worse. Absolutely. Um, and going back to how they used to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like that failure thing too, where if you do not try, you at least have the the glimmer well, of exactly. Well, but but if, if I, I did, did try, try, then maybe like, it would have gone if really I did well. Try, Maybe mm. this would have gotten no an award, actually. Yeah, nobody could say that
0: I it, actually wouldn't have been, like, amazing at that
1: if I had yeah. actually
0: tried. I do that with
1: stand-up frequently. I'm like, you know, if I was doing it, I'd get a Canadian comedy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, But, you know, but it's like, it's so much easier to hold on to that yes. than to do it. Probably fail. And, be, yeah, it's... Uh, and then also, in my experience, like...
0: The failing at those kinds of things is really
1: not that bad, oh, it's is so what minimal. I learned in that
0: year. In that year that I was trying to fail all the time. Well, I was like, like, what's
1: the fallout of being not bad that at bad. hip-hop dancing? Yeah, right? Like, nobody pointed and laughed at me. You're only like, bound to become a better dancer, right? even if it's minimal. Even if it's
0: only a little bit. <clears throat> um, and, uh, yeah, it was, like, not that bad.
1: Um, I have to admit, right here, right now... Um, I've actually, for the past few years, had this idea that, of course, I absolutely haven't worked toward, done anything, attempted to do it. It's just kind of in my brain um, that Grace and I make a faux documentary wherein um, we've decided to finally try to become really good hip hop dancers. <laughs> And it will follow our journey as we train to become good at hip hop and it culminates. The final episode is us doing a dance performance at Comedy Bar in the main space in front of a a sold out crowd. Grace wants to have full costumes and hair. I very much have wanted to make that. Have not taken any steps. It would be amazing. Wouldn't that? It would be like sort of scripted, but a lot of improv, and uh, we'd have different coaches. Uh, Grace wanted to do kind of like um, uh, a performance that what's it called when you just spring it upon people uh, like a flash mob style (laughs) performance at Dufferin mall. Uh, And she was very excited to film the reactions of the characters who go to Dufferin mall. Um, Yeah, so this has been an idea in the works. Maybe we'll see that in 2020. Oh, my God. um, But you feel like this is a good project? Absolutely. Worth pursuing? I would
0: watch that over and over again. Maybe you could be one of the instructors, actually. I'm not
1: qualified. Please,
0: I will follow up with you about Um, that later. Oh, my God. I would would watch that over and over again. You and Grace McClure are such a good team together you play off of each other
1: so well and you're both so funny that's so kind she definitely is my um my gift in comedy like i probably wouldn't have gone beyond doing that class if i hadn't met her that's wonderful because the whole like it's so daunting you mm. need that like you at need least i did and need i needed community, that and you person. need somebody to push you yeah yeah um I mean, she hasn't because I don't really do anything. And oftentimes I feel like I'm being left in her wake. But, uh, yeah, she's an angel. She's so fun and funny. So are you. Sh- shout out to Grace McCour. Yeah, shout out
0: to Grace if you're listening. Grace we McCour, love you. uh Grinchy
1: Grace at Instagram. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, well, okay. So...
1: Please Wait. don't ask me if I've actually done any of the five things. No, I was not, going not to. even not even a one. Not even the Christmas shopping <laughs> has yet been done, which is a little bit nuts. It is the twenty third of December, twenty second. Yeah, twenty second. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's hard to get things done. It is hard to get things done that you want to do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> call you've back. On, you've only been practicing wanting to do a the things of days. instead of needing to do the things for just a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, especially with the larger things uh, like, yeah, it'll take some time. It'll take some time to sink in. But just now that you have that filter in your head of replacing need with want, just keep correcting yourself over and over again. Yeah. So like when you catch yourself being like, being like, Oh, I really need to, blah wait, I really want to
1: blah. Like it is. <clears throat> it's so funny that it's so small. It's such a tiny change and it's
0: profound. It changes so much of your thinking around something. It's wild. It's like it's the power of language. Right. And uh, really like the power that you have over your own thoughts and processes and actions just by the words that you think. Yeah. Right. Like you don't even have to say anything out loud for things to shift around. It's really just the way that you're thinking in your own head because it manifests like in, an energy your like, like yeah yeah and uh, like uh, yeah language is so powerful um and you don't realize that you actually have like so much more control than you think that
1: you do right even in your own head yeah like the way that you're talking to yourself uh it's yeah everything like
0: uh, i don't know going back to like me feeling like this is the happiest i've ever been and stuff like that like i would credit that above anything else Is just like I yeah I started really paying attention to like how am I talking to myself in my own head like what language am I using to communicate with my own brain well
1: yeah it's interesting like I absolutely am not religious and I've historically famously been someone who mocks everything like can't get on board with things don't want to join things like anything spiritual like my aunt was like so spiritual like had angel cards like Mm -hmm. she went to church of positivity like took me there once I found it very hard not to laugh um so I've always like scoffed at things like that and not and I've always been really negative And I think only in the last, like, year have I gotten off my high horse of Mm -hmm. thinking I'm too cool to participate in any of these things and come around to the idea that, like, there is something to, like, manifesting energies and, like... like even saying it now I'm like this is so unsettling and not like me but it is I have found it to be true is like if you are putting out like a certain type of energy towards people it absolutely it it changes the way they respond to you the results that you get and like the connections that you make
0: also like um if with like setting intentions on things and and stuff right like um your brain really likes to be right, very much. Um, more than anything, your brain likes to be right. Um, so if you're getting in your own head, telling yourself like, like, oh, oh this this script's gonna be garbage. Like, I, I'm not gonna finish. Like, I just know it. Blah, blah blah. And you're telling yourself stuff like that. Your brain cares so much about being right that you're not going to finish and it's going to be garbage because your brain just wanted to be right right your brain cares more about being right than it does about doing a good job so if you're telling yourself that you're not going to finish you're going to sabotage
1: to make sure that comes true well and also it's like if you are on negative mode your your brain is like Only able, it's seeking out the negative, yeah, and because that's the setting that you have blind to anything positive. Um, and that's been something too that I've been trying to do is like my I was always wearing like negative glasses, like Mm -hmm. I will pinpoint everything around me and like in my life that is shitty, Mm -hmm. and it's that like flipping that switch of like okay let's seek out the positive and um yeah it really does yield a completely different completely uh, different experience yeah. yeah you can be
0: in the same environment like it'll even make your job more pleasant right the going in and looking for the positive instead of the negative yeah. will make you have a better day at work and uh, like this is something that i noticed especially with like uh with with People that I know who are very intelligent, there seems to be—I um, don't know—some kind of instinct to look for the negative uh, because it's like you've outsmarted everybody, and you've—I out- can
1: very much yeah. relate to that—you've
0: outsmarted life. you're like no 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 like no i'm not happy i see what's really going on here look at all of these little details that i noticed and things that i noticed that could be improved and things that could be better were you (laughs) spying
1: on some of my conversations because i absolutely have been known to say uh people who are dumb are much happier
0: but this is the thing is like that's not true it's just like uh and you don't get a better life by picking everything apart and trying to point out all of the flaws you don't get a better life that way for sure not right so if you are like i'm speaking to everyone here not just you but like if you (laughs) feels very pointed if you are so smart then wouldn't the smarter thing be to create a the best life possible for yourself and the most happiness one might think, right? So then <laughs> you like you can use the same lens of the like, oh, I'm so smart. I notice the details. I see what's really going on here. But flip it to the positive of like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm so smart. I notice all of the details of all of the things that are really good in this environment. Even in the worst environment, I can find something positive. And so <laughs> and, like all of the good things here, if you just change the like I've outsmarted everybody setting to be positive, it's still effective. You can still have that feeling of patting yourself on the back and being like I'm smarter than everybody else, but make it I'm smarter than everybody else because I can see the good
1: here. Right.
0: I it's uh do
1: you listen to Super Soul Sunday? I don't. Oh, Oprah's podcast? I don't actually. Oh, I- I feel like it's right up your alley. I agree. You, you must. <laughs> I mean, I pick and choose like the ones that interest me, but um, there was one about, I'm sure there's multiple about um, like the the power of your own thoughts and how it can change your experience in life. And it's um, like it, they've done so many exper- experiments where it's like um, they'll say to someone, pick out everything in this room that's yellow and right away like your mind goes into this like tunnel vision where it's like i am not seeing any other color right now if you had asked me if anything else in this room was red i I would say no i don't think there was but then the second you flip that and they're like well tell me everything that's red and then you're like oh my god there's all these things here that i didn't even notice And it's that same thing with, like, negative and positive. Oh,
0: totally. It's like the the video of uh, people passing a basketball back and forth. It's like a crowd of people passing a basketball. And uh, uh, they tell you to count how many times the basketball changes hands. And you watch the video and you count and you're like, okay, whatever, like, the number was. Like, yeah, 13. And then they're like, did you notice that there was, like, a panda, a guy in a panda costume dancing in the background? And you're like no, absolutely not, and then you watch the exact same thing over again, and you realize through the whole video there's a guy in a giant panda costume just dancing away oh, that's in the back crazy. in the background of this very clearly, um, oh, and I you have just not seen totally this. didn't notice because you were focused on the basketball. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Totally same thing. If you're focusing on the negative, if you're focusing on picking things apart, you're not going to notice the dancing panda. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. I need to get a trance stamp of that for sure. (laughs) Get a
0: holographic trance stamp of a dancing panda. Okay, great. We're going to create a new
1: style of tattoo where you can get holographic tattoos. you send me this link?
0: Yeah, we'll figure this out. Um, We end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh, I love that. Yeah some Um, people
1: hate getting compliments I'm like bring it it on on. (laughs) with love don't stop
0: good I love that that's the attitude you should have yeah Um, you are uh, one of my favorite people that's Um, so nice the very first time that we ever met um, we sat down and talked for hours we were on a show together and I watched your set and you were so funny and uh, then yeah we sat at the bar and just talked and talked and talked for like i don't know like a long time like maybe like 2 3 hours are very
1: conversational you as well but
0: uh yeah our first conversation we just like connected so instantly and it was just one of those times where you meet somebody and you're like oh yeah we're going to get along for sure for sure definitely on the same page here. That's so nice. You're just such a wonderful person and i think like you are so talented um and so intelligent and so charismatic and on stage you're so compelling and natural um and you just have this real like uh ease about you which is ironic because i know you're also an incredibly anxious person uh was so afraid of <laughs> feeling uh which i identify with and relate to and uh, I. what I hope for you is that you don't um, is that you learn not to be overwhelmed by the feeling of your potential because that's something that I could see for you where like because you are so smart and you are so talented and so funny that you can pro- like I hope that you can see where you could be with all of that stuff that you have but what I hope for you is that you don't get um overwhelmed by that um and i know it seems like a weird concept to be like overwhelmed by your own potential but i feel like that's something that, that does, i could see for you i
1: am appalled to say i i do recognize yeah that i it's hard to admit that
0: Yeah, because it's the looking at where you could be. And if that's a really fantastic place that that seems really far in the distance, it can be um, really challenging to get over the fear of having to climb up the hill to get to that point. Yeah. And especially if you're somebody who is afraid of taking risks, if you're. Afraid of failing, afraid of not meeting that expectation of that that place that you have in your head that you could get to. Um, what I hope for you is that you learn to just like be happy where you are and have faith that you will get everywhere that you want to get to. Um, because you are literally the only thing in your own way and you, you deserve so much good and happiness and uh, and success. And I hope all of those things for you. And I just adore you. And every time that I get to
1: see you, it's a treat. Um, I'm like verklempt about it. This is so (laughs) kind. Uh, Is it part of it to reciprocate? No. Oh, are we allowed? If you want, but it's totally,
0: that's totally not an obligation at all of this. Well,
1: it's really just, I, I ditto. Like I feel the exact same way. It's, um yeah, coming here was such a joy. Everything you just said, you've made my year. And I recognize there's only like a week left of this year, but you've <laughs> made my 2020 I as got well. in there right at the so, end, right at the end of 2019. No, going into 2020, I feel this has really been so uplifting. Good. I've loved it. I'm very glad to hear that. Thank you for being here. Thank you.
0: And for just like being in my life and in the world in general. Likewise. Mm. You're a queen. <laughs> so are you. Alright listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere.